0: Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong.
1: Mahalo Evan, today's guest is John Otterson, Managing Director of SVB Capital. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, John Otterson. Welcome to our show, John.
2: Thank you very much, Carrie.
1: So how did you get started in the investment industry?
2: You know, I have grew up in a family that was entrepreneurial. And lived with a father who was a serial entrepreneur and through watching the the entrepreneurial process of companies starting and growing and sometimes failing I got involved in a couple different startups and from there I went back to business school at business school I came across a company called Silicon Valley Bank Silicon Valley Bank was providing startup and emerging growth financing to high-tech and life science companies And I thought that would be a great opportunity for me to learn about multiple business models and meet lots of high-level people, CEOs, CFOs, as we would help them through the Silicon Valley Bank. I've been with the organization for about 17 years, and now I'm in SBB Capital, which is the private equity arm of Silicon Valley Bank. That's where we have a fund of funds that invests in venture capital funds, as well as a direct investment fund that invests side-by-side with uh, venture capital funds, and we also have a couple specialty debt funds that focus in this space as well. So you've been with the banks in, through the thick and thin? Through 17 years, we've seen some great times. We've seen some pretty difficult times. Uh, we've, we've seen cycles that uh, where, where different sectors come in favor. We saw the the Internet boom in the, in the late 90s. We saw that drive quite a bit of interest in entrepreneurship and venture capital followed by the, you know, the, the slump that uh, came in 2001, 2002. So uh, you know, today, things are, are, are a little better than they've been over the last several years. Uh, we're, we're cautiously optimistic about the op- environment.
0: Can you talk a little bit about uh, the boom times where everything was just going through the roof? What did you guys learn from that and then also from the crash?
2: You know, I think we were very fortunate through that boom, we stuck to what we really understood and within the commercial banking effort of Silicon Valley Bank, which is where I was at the time, we maintained a focus on, a, on, on, a, on our, what, what we did, our core competency. There were others that, you know, there was kind of a gold rush mentality that was going on at the time and people looked to capitalize that by going beyond their core competency. And that caused quite a bit of pain during the correction, whereas during the correction, we hadn't gone straight that far from what we knew. And so the, the correction wasn't as painful for us. We, uh, I guess the, the biggest lesson there is to, to know what your core competency is, to focus on that, to innovate and change as business models change, but don't get caught up in, in market dynamics that aren't real. So does it change the way that your strategy for the company is today? You know, I think we've been fairly even keeled throughout up and down times because we've seen so many different cycles that we don't get as excited in an up cycle and we don't get as overly concerned in a down cycle. We've seen those patterns. So during the downturn that came in 2001, 2002, our organization invested heavily in people, and systems, even though earnings were lean during those periods, because now as the market's coming back, that will give us an ability, a competitive advantage ahead of others who are in the space.
1: So, what type of companies does SVP Capital invest in?
2: So, in our Co-investment fund, or our direct investment fund, what we're looking to do is invest alongside the top venture capitalists across the globe, predominantly in the U.S., because that's where our relationships are. So we're looking for market-leading companies that are involved in various sectors that venture capitalists are interested in today. We're looking for... Which sectors would those be? So today you hear a lot about... web 2.0, which is kind of the next iteration, if you will, of the internet. Uh, You hear about clean tech. You hear about other tech areas that are outside of what used to be really popular with telecom and software. We've seen an evolution away from those models where where the top venture funds are looking off the beaten path for opportunities that haven't been played out yet. So it's really looking forward into the future. We hear a lot today about consumer-facing. So I think I think a lot of that is driven by the success that, that Apple and Google and others have had by bringing technology to the consumer. If you think about it, in the 70s the venture business was driven by bringing technology to the government. So you saw large supercomputer companies that were funded that grew tremendous spending by the government on technology. In the 80s and the 90s, you saw that it was the U.S. corporate, it was global corporations that were spending on technology. So you saw, at first, you you, you saw uh, mini computers and other enterprise level computers, and then that migrated into the the personal computer and networks. Toward the end of the 90s, you really saw the consumer be where the, the spending on technology is happening, and that's certainly what's been driving a lot of technology spending today.
1: Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com.
0: How do you sell this company to Akamai Technologies for $3
2: billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who donates 6% of sales to make more money?
2: Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: How do you get
0: 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years?
2: Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief?
0: Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community.
2: greatergoodradio.com.
1: You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is John Otterson, Managing Director of SVB Capital. So John, you mentioned that your father was a serial entrepreneur and you did get involved in some of his businesses. At what age did you actually get involved in your first company, and what are some of the things that he taught you through his lifetime of business and helping to mentor you?
2: Probably the the, uh, number one thing that I learned from my father was persistence, and he would tell me about situations where he would go out and try to accomplish a goal and he would meet with multiple hurdles to that and he would keep trying and keep working on the problem until he could eventually solve it. He and would he, tell you or you just watch him? He would talk about it. He would refer back and talking about what are the lessons of business and, and where do people succeed? What really differentiates a successful entrepreneur from a mediocre entrepreneur. Do you, so, you,
1: sorry, do you remember what age you were when he first started talking to you about these type of things?
2: Yeah, I think we had uh, economic lessons around the the dinner table when I was perhaps <laughs> ten. Okay. And it it was just a, a constant conversation. My dad really did not separate his business life from his personal life, and the people he did business with were friends, and he did the people who were friends he would end up doing business with so the the discussions around the table whether it was economics or talking about entrepreneurial lessons is, is something that I've really always lived with
0: so persistence was one what were maybe the top 3 or or 4 lessons
2: that he taught you so do that you use today do what you say you're going to do so your word is really your number one currency so if you are if you tell somebody that you are going to do something or behave in a certain way or follow a certain path. If you're not going to do that, you need to reconcile that. So do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, I think uh taking no for an answer really is goes back to that persistence thing. I think that was a pretty significant lesson. So no doesn't necessarily always mean no. You know, you you need to to if if you believe passionately in a in a project, you need to figure out what the the solution is. You know, entrepreneurial ventures are often a Rubik's cube, and you have to keep spinning until you find a combination that that might work, and you might be able to navigate through the hurdles that you're facing. What type of businesses was your father running? Predominantly high tech. He he came out of huh. of a engineering degree, uh, went into IBM, spent a number of years there, then into Standard Computer, and then he got involved in a. Company, which he did a management buyout of and then took public called cipher data, and that was in the disk store uh, tape storage business
1: and did he raise you believing that you were going to be a businessman as well, or did he kind of leave the field open to exploring what your talents and maybe your passion might be later in life?
2: He was pretty open about that, but I think that uh as when Sons look up to their fathers. They often follow not too far in those, in those uh, footsteps. So it, it, business was always something that I thought I'd be involved in. What were some of the tough lessons that you
0: saw your father
2: go through that you learned from and, and have used today? Going uh, Probably the, the, the biggest challenge for an entrepreneur is when, the tough, when, when tough times come, how do you make the judgment call to double down to leverage your house, to leverage your personal assets, uh, you know, at it, some ventures that's appropriate. When you're in a venture-backed company where you have others involved and they have the predominant amount of the the capital base, maybe that's not appropriate. But there's other ways of using human capital to double down. So you're continuing to give that that push, is there a rule of thumb for that? When when do you know to kind of throw in the
0: towel, and when do you know to <laughs> Anti-up.
2: That's tough. It's going to be situational specific. And what you really need to do is to build a good group of advisors who can help you in your business. And you believe in the business, get them to believe in the business, but then listen to them as they can interpret external events and help you to interpret them and make decisions. But that's a tough call.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. We're back with John Otterson. John, um, you know you were with Silicon Valley Bank and when you first started what was your position and you know now you run the capital department so wh- where did you start and how did you get to where you are now?
2: So I'm one of several partners that are involved in SB Capital Uh, I'm not running that organization, but I started in the commercial bank as an account officer, junior account officer, and I mentored under an account officer who'd been with the bank for some time and had probably 20 years on me in terms of seniority. And working with that individual, I got to understand how the business model worked, how to develop business, how to source business, and how to maintain those relationships so you kept the business. A lot easier to keep a a client than it is to to find a new one. Uh, I spent about 10 years doing that and built the San Diego office for Silicon Valley Bank. And having done that, I was looking for another challenge in my career. Looked around outside but had the opportunity to join SBB Capital, which is based in Menlo Park, and saw that, again, another great opportunity to work with a fantastic team And leverage a fantastic platform to further my career.
0: So, are you in Silicon Valley or are you in San Diego?
2: My office is in Menlo Park.
0: Okay. And then, when you guys look for investments, are you waiting for other venture capitalists to come and contact you or are entrepreneurs coming to you guys direct?
2: We're fairly proactive about sourcing our deals. What we're looking to do as i mentioned earlier is to invest alongside some of the top venture capitalists because they have tremendous networks they have tremendous capabilities to help give companies lift through their growing cycles and they have they have networks to bring in you know other senior management they have resources in terms of making connections to customers other network effects that can help companies grow so what we're looking to do is to to harness those opportunities and we do that through a number of different activities so that we're proactive and I'll give you just one example of what we do by working closely with Silicon Valley Bank we often get rights to invest in companies before venture capitalists invest in them and we'll get those rights to invest by helping them with a fairly material project early on in their life and that, that right to invest lets us invest in subsequent rounds of financing so we'll wait until the right venture capital team gets involved in, in that company. So it seems like the strategy for the bank is to kinda of have
0: a niche market in these high-tech, high-growth um, startups and then provide whatever
2: ancillary services they can for that. We are very focused on that market niche. You would see that the preponderance of our revenue comes from serving high-tech companies and life science companies. Those companies are in the life cycle from startup with maybe one or two employees or entrepreneurs with a business plan to billion-dollar revenue companies. So we're across that gamut.
1: Okay, so I'm just wanting to clarify. So you're mostly investing in the venture capitalists, their ideas. They're bringing the ideas to you and showing you the ideas, pitching you to also help with the funding of this?
2: We we work very closely with the venture capital community. Uh But in terms of developing rights to invest, we're working with the entrepreneurs and the companies before they come engaged with a particular venture syndicate. So it's it's not a cut or dry. I mean, there's uh, there are many paths to how deals come together. But we have tremendous networks across our organization with the entrepreneurial community. We have tremendous networks across our organization with the venture capital community, as well as the professional service provider community that supports this sector as well. So if you're a entrepreneur today, getting started
0: up, maybe you have some experience and you're kind of going the venture capital route, what are the first
2: steps that you would do? I would get together with a group of advisors who have some experience. That might be one, that might be three, uh, that have some experience with the venture capital community. I would try to get some feedback as to whether this opportunity is something that the venture community is currently interested in. Um, I would want to do some research about which venture funds have a particular expertise in this area so that they can bring value to me, there's there's plenty of money out there. Money isn't what, what makes companies fly. It's really the team of people that's around it. So you want to have not only the best team in the management team, but you want to have the best venture syndicate because that will help those Top, two top teams is what will drive you towards success. So understanding the the venture groups that you're going to approach to talk to, is, is it a good fit? Do, do they have some expertise? Do they have some capability that can help your project? So is it a
0: lot more of an, a natural process then where, you know, you're, you're putting the advisors together and they eventually introduce you to the venture capitalist kind of as a warm contact as opposed to, you know, I'm I'm, I'm really jacked and ready to go and here
2: I come you know in in uh, silicon valley i think it is a, a fairly natural process but you've had 30 40 years of venture capital activity where you've had companies that have built they've sold some of those employees have gone on to start new companies so you have a virtuous cycle where those who are, have been successful in prior endeavors start to develop networks with the venture community you know in uh, other areas outside the valley it's you know, it isn't as robust of a venture network and so you have to be a little more creative and we've seen that you know over the last 20 years San Diego has certainly grown in its capabilities for example that's you know, one region that's outside uh, outside the valley that that today has serial entrepreneurs and venture capitalists in market that are funding local deals
1: thanks for tuning in stay tuned for more on greater good radio
0: Cool on Hawaiian time. Neptune
1: nice, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your offense. home, at a party or like business, contact Bubble Tea had. Supply at 948 2622 or online at mouth. bubbletea.com. Neptune
0: nice, the sunshine in your mouth. GreaterGoodRadio.com
1: If you're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is John Otterson. In August 1994, John co-founded the UCSD Cancer Center Luau and Longboard Invitational, an annual event that brings together the surfing community and more than 1,000 participants in a celebration of life. Our show is brought to you by Central Pacific Bank. Fiercely, Loa Banking. So John, can you tell us a little bit about the Cancer Center Luau, or UCSD Cancer Center Luau, please?
2: Sure. I got involved with the UCSD Cancer Center many years ago because my father had cancer. A couple of friends and I were, were trying to figure out a way to engage the younger community. The The Cancer Center had a couple of different events, that, you know, special gala events that certainly reached out to the established community, but there really wasn't anything that was reaching out to our age group at the time, which was... Thirty to forty year olds, so we thought about you know, there's there we are down in in San Diego, beautiful beach community. There's no event. There, there's plenty of events that that serve rubber chicken at at hotels, but there's no event that's down at the beach that involves surfing of the scope and profile that we were thinking about. So what we did is, we brought together a number of of teams, twenty one teams. That are sponsored by local companies that that range from law firms and Silicon Valley Bank, uh, Cooley Goddard, uh, that were supporting the high tech community to high tech companies such as Symer Laser and others from that region to support these to underwrite uh, teams. And then what we did is we invited legends from the late '60s, early '70s, people like Mike Doyle, Rabbit Kakai from here on the on the islands. Or Ricky Grigg, we brought these legends over to join each of the teams. So we created an event that just has a whole lot of aloha. We borrowed that from the, from the islands, and we we raise uh, today. This event raised about a quarter million dollars a year.
1: And what was the first event like, and compared to now in regards to the numbers and the donations that you've been able to accumulate?
2: So the first event was uh, a little better than break even. It was, it was about a fifty thousand dollar net contribution which we were tickled we, we just had no idea how it would work um, and at that time we charged two thousand dollars or twenty five hundred dollars for teams and because we really didn't know how the economics were going to play out we really uh, had a, a fairly sparse budget for example I spent the night in my suburban as the as the security guard because we had rented uh, tens of thousands of dollars worth of plates and tents and other party gear and I, I you know, we thought you know, couple hundred dollars for a security I was just, you know, we didn't know how this was going to break. Well, I woke up at about 4, wasn't the most comfortable night of sleep I've had, and I walked down to take a look at the surf. And I'm not kidding, it was 2 inches. And I thought, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? <laughs> we have 125 surfers coming down. And by the way, some of the top legends of, of in the world coming to join us for a surf contest or a surf tournament, and there's no surf. Well, uh, about an hour or two later, it started to fill in a bit, and the tide started to change and there's a there 's a um, a little low pressure system about two three hundred miles north of san diego that 's fairly regular. And when it pumps in the afternoon, it will send surf down to San Diego the next day. So by the time that the surf contest started at 7 o'clock, we had about knee-high waves. And by the time we got into the final heats, we had you we know, had waist-high waves. So we could actually hold a tournament. You, you think some of that is just kind of serendipity or what? You know, uh, whatever, it worked. I mean, there was a lot of aloha going, so it just had to work out.
0: So how, in this event for you you folks being, you know, somewhat younger. How how did that um change maybe your perspective on community service
2: or you know, in community interaction and, and all that? Well, first of all, I created a venue that was much more accessible. Today uh, through different events my wife and I will attend black tie events for fundraisers, but you know, that just you know, isn't a whole lot of fun in your mm-hmm. 20s and 30s. Uh, so by creating this luau, we put together a, a fun day on the beach. It involves a surfing tournament and we're very, we spend a lot of time trying to get people to realize that it's a tournament. It's not a highly competitive contest. This is about coming out and celebrating life, raising money and awareness for the UCSD Cancer Center. And you know, so by getting people involved, giving them ways to volunteer for the event, it really engages uh, younger people, and then they begin, become involved in the planning, and then over many years, some of those people come up to run the event.
1: And how did it um, change your life in regards to knowing that you could plan, help plan this event, and then make an impact on this organization? And then how did it go on to helping you get involved in so many more of these other organizations that you're involved in?
2: Well, you know, the the, the I, I come from a family that that has been very focused on giving back to the community. So I was really, my, my behaviors there were almost following a pattern that I had seen before through my mother and my father. Having achieved the first event to be a, a tremendous success where we had famous legends come to our event in San Diego, some traveling as far as Hawaii or Northern California, Montana, other lo- and even uh, Baja, California that was extremely rewarding to see the 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 tremendously good vibe people having a great time during the tournament and then afterward at the luau where we had great luau food and music uh Polynesian music the, the the sense of accomplishment there was was tremendous and that spurred all of us on all of the volunteers who put that together to continue what's you know one of the interesting elements is whatever you're doing in terms of work or or your uh charity volunteer uh, giving back to the community you need to do something that you care about that you have to have passion about and the group that started the luau we love surfing and then to help the cancer center with its mission and by the way you know, by surfing out and the Sun and the amount of exposure that we all get out in the water you know, we're we're all at risk for 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 cancer so to raise the awareness and how to prevent uh, that's that's extremely helpful. The way you know, kind of going on what what changed or you know, what elements did we bring into this event that that have transferred or gone on to, to other uh, work areas? The way we designed this event, it's companies that a number of us were already working with. So it was bringing friends together. So it was it really works because it was already there was a community aspect to the people involved. And here we were just bringing a new element, the surfing tournament, and giving back. It was no longer just a purely commercial engagement. You know, we do work as a bank for that startup company, but here we're having fun and giving back to the community.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host Evan Leong and Carrie Leong saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.